0: when you're collaborating with other people and you're both addressing it, somebody might say something that doesn't even make anything trigger on them, but it triggers on the other person. And then they say something and then that triggers on you. And then that's when you start popping into that level and you start hitting on all cylinders and that becomes fun.
1: We've all been working in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to have honest conversations about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business, lessons we've learned, and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes, we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. Hi, I'm Karen Larson, and I'm here with Jamie Saunders, Von Glitchka, and Justin Ahrens. I know for me, collaboration has become everything after being self-employed for so long. But about a year and a half ago, Jamie Saunders and I started collaborating regularly. And for me, it's been a game changer. So today, that's what we're going to talk about, collaboration. I hope everybody gets a lot out of it. So let's get started. Justin, I know you own a firm of 18 people or so. And I'm wondering how you guys manage collaboration. How does it work externally and internally for your team?
2: Yeah, that's a great it's a great question. When I think of collaboration, I often don't think about it the internal part of it. We have process and we have ways we do that and share ideas and all that sort of thing. But so I'm gonna take the sort of collaborating with people outside of your organization <clears throat> because I think for us it's one of what's one of our exciting Moments of collaboration because we often get to work with each other. Not that we don't enjoy it, but when you get to work, maybe with someone like Von Glitchka, did I say that right, Von? <laughs> oh. yeah, when I get, <laughs> when we get to work when we get to work with Von Glitchka, so
0: it's um,
2: it's just fun because there's a different voice, there's different talent, and you get to have this moment where you get to I don't know it just feels like you get to get out of your normal a little bit and and work with someone. And I think yeah. one of the key one of the key parts of our collaborating with someone is, if you're going to work with someone like Vaughn, for example, then like really work with them, meaning like you have to go all in and trust them, right? Do what you would do with someone else, meaning create a creative brief and outline that and do all those things, but then trust that person to bring their, their game for you. And that's one of the things, the times when our collaboration hasn't gone well, we've either chosen someone that maybe it wasn't a good match for the project so that's you know on us
3: yeah and, and i'd like to talk time, about that i'd like to ultimately yeah. talk about how we find matches
2: yeah no, we absolutely should do and i think the second part is really is where we micromanage someone because a lot of times oh, someone like, so like a vaughn or a photographer or something or videographer like you are choosing them based on past work and sometimes i think we get into this trap of saying i want what you did for xyz organization And that's unfortunate because you might be missing out or I think you are missing out on something that's just as magical and, and, but it's unique for that project. So I always, I always try to make sure that if it's me leading it or one of my other teammates be like, let's just trust them, give them space to do their thing.
3: Yeah, that's great. I think that you made a point about being able to, you don't want to box them in. You are hiring them for their entire vision, and and that's so important. And I don't think, sometimes I think that people forget that. Jamie, what about you? How does collaboration fit into your world?
4: I think what's always interesting to me is having the unique perspective of having sat on one side of the table and then sitting on the other side of the table. So like in my corporate, I didn't even know I missed it. So like, when I left corporate life, one of the things I started to miss was just the interaction, the, the, the hallway conversations, the break room conversations, the random ideas that can pop into your head as you're like interacting with people from all over the co- um, company and the country and internationally. It was just, I, I miss that like vibe. But then the other part of my job that I I found really hard to leave behind, and honestly, it's probably what kept me there a long time, was just the responsibility to the outside collaborators. I've had the privilege of working with Vaughn professionally with Justin professionally and Karen professionally before Nina, before, you know, I, I left there and, and there were dozens. Literally,
2: just out of curiosity.
4: <laughs> we are right now. It
2: seems like. <laughs> there you go.
4: But so I feel like, you know, I loved that. I loved being on projects with creative people and infusing like, like your thoughts and your energy into my day. And, and we did posters together there was book together there was ivan i don't even know if you remember this but we used to sponsor your podcast like a long time ago at nina and and i loved that because you would send me things and i could look at creative things so even though i'm not A designer, I I love being with designers I and I figured it out like when I was at Nina, that these are my people, that you get me. And I remember too, Vaughn, we were at Howe, it was in Chicago. I don't know if you remember this or not, but we were actually hanging out late night. One night there was a big crowd of us. We found a couch and everybody was just kind of like, you know, vibing. And I said, I just, I don't know why you guys hang out with me. I said, I'm not a creative. And you said, but you are in your own way. You, you communicate, you create, you get us and we understand you. And and that's it. That's why we're all like together. So to me, it really cemented. That that feeling that I was also collaborating—that it wasn't just like me getting excited about working with you guys. Maybe there was like a mutual feeling of being allowed to do what you do and having a sponsor per se to help you do what you wanted to, or create what you wanted to create. So mm-hmm. now, yeah, that was the best. So good.
2: But isn't that? Then we did but it every don't you think that's after the after? magic? Is when it's reciprocated, both sides. Like that's when collaboration I yeah. think really hits, yeah. gets rocket fuel.
4: Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's so much fun. And then now it's here I am years later, decade later, and and here we are doing the show together and and having a great time together. But just it feels good to collaborate with you guys and to bounce things off of you. And and you miss that sometimes when you're alone in your office, having just those people who understand what you've been through and that history together. I don't know how you feel about it, Vaughn.
0: Yeah. That that's what I've missed for the last two years. So I'm glad they're going to go back to a a couple of the events I've normally gone to live or doing it again this year so I'm looking forward to that the virtual thing was okay to try but it just it it was never the same the part I enjoyed the most was just hanging out with people and talking what we're doing here so um, that's always the funnest part well, Vaughn, you've talked to Then you learn
4: what people can do. Sorry, in person, like you learn, you, you just learn so much more. You connect so much harder, like in person. Yep,
0: I agree. That's okay. why I think it was you, Jamie, that you were saying that you were originally thinking of uh, teaching, and then your son laughed at that fact. And it's I I taught for seven years here locally in the college, and it, it was okay, but it's I like the way. I'm able to teach now where it's not a live audience, obviously, but um, it's, I've engaged with a lot more people doing it that way than doing it live in person, especially the last time I spoke or last time I taught was at George Fox university and it was right before COVID broke out. And so I made the mistake of telling the students, you don't have to log in if you don't want to. So guess how many showed up and I'm going, (laughs) Okay. That was the wrong way to handle it.
4: No collaboration.
2: well, Vaughn, what about we've all collaborated with you at one time or another? What do you look for or hope or what's present when you have successful collaborations
0: i I think you touched on a big one is there's been times where if it's if it's a project that's coming through Scott Hole, let's say. And they're interested in having me work with their team on whatever the project is. It's always frustrating for me where, like Scott says, they want to see, do you have any examples of have you illustrated a turtle before or whatever? And and I just happen to haven't, I've done every other animal you could think <laughs> of, just no turtle. But yet it's like they can't see beyond. I mean it's just weird. It's and most of them are creative directors, but. It, That's only a title because they can't seem to see the potential sometimes. So I guess I like it when they can look at a body of work and they go, okay, he knows what he's doing. Just give me the raw information and just trust me to deliver some results that you might be expecting, but also unexpected results. And when there's a few clients that come to mind, when I think of that, who they're used to me doing that. So. They're fun to work with because that's what they do. They they trust me to have their best interest heart. I'm not just going to do whatever I think just looks cool. Uh, yeah, I'm smart enough to know they have a target audience that has to specifically apply to that, and that's the so it's nice when they trust me, and my and I think we might have talked about this a, a while back, not today, but I'm not that great. I I can see earmarks, it it could be potential problems, but I tend to, I don't know, I don't wanna immediately think somebody's gonna be a pain in the butt to work with. So I give them the benefit of the doubt to, that that's probably an error on my part. And it's come back to bit me like two or three times over the last few years. And I'm hypersensitive to it now. So if somebody, I just had somebody contact me the other day. This is what we want. And it's like some crappy little napkin drawn. And I'm like going, yeah, here's, a local, screen, here's <laughs> a local screen printer. Go to them, have them do it. I, I don't do this. It's you wouldn't want to pay me. And it's stupid anyway. So I don't want to work. <laughs> I knows. don't say that. But that. There's, there's a really good work agreement. Uh, Carlos <laughs> Segura has it. And if you go to his site, you can download it. And it's just no bullshit, really truncated. If you can agree to this, then we can work together. If not, I think get I lost. saw that
4: on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I think that well, yeah, I think that's been making the rounds lately.
0: People yeah. have had
4: it. <laughs> I think that
3: part of collaboration is all about built on trust. And without that trust between all of the different collaborators, it's just gonna fall apart. So I think that I've been, I've been super fortunate over the years to be able to work with corporations as an outside consultant. And Justin, you were commenting on how having that outside influence come in and really bring a different point of view and a different energy. And I think that type of collaboration for whether it's corporations or other studios and things like that is really wonderful and there's a reason why corporations go outside and hire external creative to maybe redesign their logo even if they have a internal marketing department or redesign things because internally first of all they have all sorts of other things going on and they've got so much tunnel vision about what's going on internally the internal designers have a real hard time being able to work with leadership and work with the decision makers to come up with those type of things. So bringing in and collaborating with external people is really super beneficial. But I think that internally, and I know I've mentioned this to you guys, maybe not on the podcast, but outside of the podcast, I have a fascination with how teams work together internal collaboration fascinates me it lifts people it builds trust and a lot of times what happens is things come out of that that you don't realize these people were capable of doing that unless you give them the opportunity so for example if you're doing if there's a video project that comes into the studio and you put your team together somebody's saying oh, I've been doing this type of stuff outside. And you don't even realize it unless you get they get put on that team.
2: I agree. You know what, you, you, as you're talking here, I, I have a question for you as well about what particularly interests you about groups. Is it for you to help understand how to work with them? That sort of thing. But before you answer that, I think you know, just before I forget, I want to share. I think what, another part of collaboration that's really powerful is the energy it brings. Because I can't tell you how excited I am to see whatever our collaborator is going to bring to that project like the first i feel bad sometimes because the first presentation the first draft or whatever that they're sharing we're so excited like maybe we're almost too excited we're setting it up to fail because and at the same time it's it's a, such a huge bummer when because it's not a it's not a guarantee right no one bets a thousand if i could tell you how many times vaughn sent us something i'm like oh this is
3: but so my terrible. attitude <laughs> my attitude about that is because i do work with a lot of same experience creative departments, and I am that outside collaborator. And I always set it up. I'm not sure if I'm hitting the mark. Let's talk about I don't like to go in with a 100% solution. I like to go in with this is what I'm thinking. And I like to talk about I like to collaborate as a a discussion I like to have that discussion drives what we're ultimately going to do. I don't feel like Just like Jamie and I working together, I don't feel like it's my job to come up with the solution. I feel like it's the team's job. That's what I love about collaborating.
4: One of the things that I liked when I was sitting in that Marcom chair was when I would get included in in the process. So it was like, not just, I, I always liked when I felt heard is what I'm getting at. So someone would come in, we'd do this big meeting. And I would gather, I would be responsible internally to gather, I don't know, four or five other of my coworkers to come in and tell our story and tell who our customer is and tell what we're trying to accomplish. You guys are the experts. Exactly. So we're telling our story to a creative that comes in. And then we tell that, we do it two or three times, right? Because you got to pitch it out to a couple of different agencies. And then you could always tell the people who listened. And you could always tell the people who paid attention. So that's why I tell my students that I'm mentoring at SCAD is as you're putting together this pitch deck and you're putting together this presentation deck, any tidbit that you got from that meeting should go into this deck. I heard you when you said, I I listened about your client is this, right? And you can make subtle confirmations, but your presentation should be very you know, engaging and not just one-sided. You're not just showing your work. So don't just do a pitch deck that's just a bunch of your work because no one cares. Don't waste our time. Come in and tell me that you heard me. So rather than going on a rant, we would always pick the firm and there was usually only one, it was so weird, who would actually get it. And then the work would be better because you felt like they were taking ownership of it. And I love now when Karen and I are meeting with clients, it's just part of the vernacular. We say we all the time. We should think about it. And and we don't mean we, me and Karen, we mean we as a group, we as the company, because you're involved now right. as part of the team. And it's not, it's genuine. It's not even forced. We just do it. And it's like something that we never even talked about. We just right. say it. And Justin, if you, if, me as a freelance designer, which I
3: don't consider myself a freelance designer, but I play the role of a freelance designer with a couple different design agencies that I've had relationships with for a long time. It's never me, I'm going to bring you the solution. I don't get anything out of that. I honestly don't. If I was coming into Rule 29, I would come in and say, I want to talk to you as a team." Figure out what the best solution is. Maybe I'm not the right person to do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, I can just help your internal people get to where we need to be. Because I, I, I true, I truly believe that. Again, it's back to that discussion and the brainstorming and and I know on another episode I talked figuring out so many things before it gets to the design stage.
2: Yeah. And no, and I think that's. That's one of the things I really admire about you. I think you're great at at understanding process and what's in front of you and how people are working together. I think that's a gift that you have developed through your freelance years and now in your new chapter leading your organization with Jamie. I think that's pretty fantastic. I think that's also a really great way to, when it comes to collaborating, is to understand your internal team and process and how that works. And making sure that, I think if you're the project lead, another really important responsibility is to for lack of better terms, protect that collaborator that you're working with to make sure that they are very aware of the process and how it works, but also making sure that you are an advocate. So for example, Yvonne or Karen, if you sent or Jamie sent a copy or whatever else to us, and we were. Uh, to me, and I was sharing with my team, it's really easy for people to pick and poke at something if they don't know the parameters that were given. And so I think it's another important part of collaboration is making sure that you, you pick the right person to, to, for the job, you trust them and what they're doing. And then you also bring them through your internal process and culture to make sure that project has the greatest chance.
0: One thing that kind of popped into my head was Savannah's been working with me going on five years now. And when she first started working, with me, I I was used to working on my own. So I knew on certain days, okay, I'm not gonna be doing a lot of design. I'm doing mostly just concepting, trying to work out what we're gonna do or how we're gonna do it and um, working through the thinking part of it basically. And so when Savannah, I knew she is gonna be working on a project, I would give her the basic information and she'd look at me like deer in the headlights. What do I do? I go, this is the part in art school they don't teach you a whole lot at. You, you, you have to struggle with it now. You have to start working with these ideas and see what you come up with. And she'd always come back with one or two little things. And and I go, okay, you need to keep playing with it and. She kept pushing back saying, I think it'd be better if we both brainstorm on this. And I was like going and I'm thinking of myself for the last 15 years, of, you know, just struggle with it. That's what she, and right. she kept like, saying. Well. It, she kept pushing back. And so finally, <laughs> I realized she processes things a little differently, but it does work well. When we collaborate like that and we start bouncing things off each other, because we worked on last year, we branded a a dating website that's for hunters and fishermen. And we, we had to come up with ideas and it was in the process of talking. I'm going, we're just writing down different things. Okay. Cupid falling in love. And then Savannah goes, oh, what if we did a deer Cupid? And then I drew out a deer cupid, and then she came up with an error part about it. And that ultimately became part of the new identity we came up with, or the identity we came up with. And but yeah, I think it's good not to think it's always going to work one way. It's all, it always seems when it comes to ideation, you're always dealing with getting to what's called a gamma level of thinking where ideas are formed. But that is hard to do on your own. But when you're collaborating with other people and you're both addressing it, somebody might say something that doesn't even make anything trigger on them, but it triggers on the other person. And then they say something and then that triggers on you. And then that's when you start popping into that level and you start like hitting on all cylinders. And that's right. when it becomes fun. Yep.
4: Is I fun. totally agree. Yeah, that is fun. And I, I think too, when you're trying to decide, you get to a certain stage in your practice where you're like, maybe your business is really good and you've got to bring in another person and you're not trying to bring them in full time and you're, but you do need help. and you And we know a lot of people in the industry. So you've got to make sure that you can find somebody where they're going to be happy. You're still going to be profitable. And you realize like Part of collaboration, like we keep talking about, is letting go. When you've been working for yourself for a long time, you're used to you do the work, you make the money, and it goes in your account. And but then you start to wonder, am I limiting myself by not allowing other people to come in and help me out? And maybe if I allow those people to come and help me out with the things that I'm not as interested in, but they really have passion for, it frees you up to start doing creative collaboration somewhere else. And it took me A while to figure this out, but trusting somebody enough to bring them in to collaborate is one thing, but also having them come in and help you do the work. And then you're passing that work through to the client as part of your company. Man, that's like the ultimate like respect as a business owner. Like, I just didn't know how that would make me feel. It's emotional to bring somebody else in and ask them to write something for you or do something for you and then turn it back over to the client. And you're like, it's not, well, Trust I didn't.
3: that's what you've been doing for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So
4: weird. Yeah. Respect to you because <laughs> it's been a journey for me to let go. But once I right. do, it's like great stuff is happening. And again, but I
2: think that's the, that's a part of that trusting that partner and having a process to pick the right person and to match all that up. I think that collaborating, even internally, right? So to Vaughn, to your point, you're a two-person army you and your daughter um, doing all the work. I think in in the point my career is in right now, like one of my greatest joys collaborating is actually seeing others collaborate on my team and they have something in my mind and they'll come and show me their ideas and I'm blown away. And that's like super inspiring for me, right? They're like, they're literally- and that actually, and it's part of collaborating and it, you know, Karen, you were talking about earlier, like brings us energy, it brings us life, it brings us excitement, especially when someone does something better than what you can imagine. Often that's if you it. guys work, mm-hmm. if you work together, it's going to be better than what you could do, in my opinion, if you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really one of those moments in our work that is just really just life-giving and joyful and cool. And we shouldn't avoid the fact that sometimes it goes wrong, but- <laughs> it could be life-sucking, but you still learn from it.
3: But we know that, we know we can't do it all. We, I know I do I'm not a writer. I'm not a programmer. I can program a little bit. I can't do everything and I don't want to do everything. So you have to, and you really, you cannot scale without some collaboration. You cannot scale in your business. And you have over all of the years that I've worked I've always had collaborators I've had writers, I've had programmers, I've had photographers I've, it crea- it takes a team to build and deliver but one thing we haven't talked about too much is the collaboration that we have with our clients and it's a collaboration that we have with our clients that, drives everything I find the collaboration with clients the most fascinating thing granted there are pain in the ass clients but if you build those relationships you can trust the fact that they're going to pay you you can trust it's all about building relationships and trusting
4: in my opinion but look you whether we have all had that client though like I started my business and I was like okay I'm, I'm ready I've got this thing and somebody was like hey I I can't use you, but I've got this client of a client kind of person. I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to pass you off to them. And I had, you know, one conversation (laughs) with them and I thought, okay, this is going to be so easy. I'm just going to write their Google. It was like literally about SEO, just writing some Google copy for them to be found on Google, updating some of their keywords, doing the blurb, they're about us, whatever. And it was just like so, it was so odd. And I could never get them to respond to me. And it just got so bizarre to the point where I literally had to go back to the person who referred me to them and say, Is it me? Are we like, what's happening here? I don't understand. And he said, Oh, he's just busy. And I literally ate, I'm not going to tell you how much it was. It's shameful, but I ate that. Like I ate it. And I never ended up delivering to that person. And they never ended up calling me back. And it has haunted me for. five years now like it's just out there it's just what did I do did you do it did I do it like where did we go and I realized the biggest thing was in the beginning we just didn't bond we didn't connect and we didn't collaborate and I feel like it was just like a side thing that he barely wanted to do and they brought me in to just do something and then they didn't have the courage to tell me right. it wasn't working or I don't know. It was, you know,
3: I think they probably didn't even understand what they asked you to do and then they were busy in it
4: obviously we'll wasn't never busy. know. We'll
3: but never know. I think I think it's great. Ever,
4: have you ever had that before. Have you guys ever done? It's so weird that one client that just kind of like like
2: stiffs you. Yeah. We have a couple of clients, believe it or not, that have prepaid us last year and now have not, it's been like four or five, six months and they have gotten back to us. And so I have this, Cash in the bank, and we even started some of the job. And I'm just like, I feel like we should finish the job. Or it's so weird. It goes to me. I, I had, guess, like,
3: you know, I I had a client that happened to me a couple, a couple years ago. It was an attorney, and he paid me 50% upfront, and it was a good chunk, a really good chunk. And he just would not communicate with me. And finally, I just gave up. And it's not like I'm going to return his money. I tried and tried for months. I think I tried for a year to communicate with him.
0: There's a great guy on Instagram I follow. He spoke at a conference like right before COVID broke. That's where I first met him. His name's Michael Jonda, but he just, I think this was yesterday or no, this morning. He posted nine client red flags and almost all of these are like, hit the top 10 list for me, but his second one, the client doesn't respond to communication. As soon as a client goes cold, it's, it it never fails. It's always something's going to go haywire. Yeah. And it, and it, it frustrates me because I don't purposely avoid, I'll follow up after a couple of days and just say, Hey, I'm following up. But if they still don't respond, then then I, I know something's not meeting whatever expectation they have, but they're not telling me anything, so.
4: Like a deep, dark feeling, you know? You're like, it comes I know, it, it, like it, it really like, depresses
0: me because that is the number one sign now that I know something's gonna just go off rails and I'm gonna end up hating the, the whole thing.
4: But see, you have to have that experience though, right? It sets you up for the next so that you are like, I don't do that again. I won't be.
0: But I keep doing it. (laughs) So that's the part that, that's my Achilles heel.
4: Yeah. Man, I love you, Vaughn. I I think that it's all about how do we
3: not take it personally? And that's, that's, I feel like I closed with this last time. I think that these things happen and you're not going to connect and be able to collaborate with everybody.
4: Oh man, and, I like everyone to like me that I know Jamie does have that problem where I'm just true. like yeah. yeah Karen screw them, and I'm like no I don't why like no well, have
2: you guys ever collaborated with someone that maybe because I have a with an illustrator that I didn't necessarily really like our interaction like I didn't jive with them like personally but the job turned out great now we never oh. use them yeah. again because it wasn't it just didn't feel like we connected, but the client was happy and all that sort of thing. And we would have used them had we done more work in that style. But have you ever had one where you guys didn't really jive with them, but yet it turned out okay?
3: Yeah, I've worked with writers over the years. And again, we have to remind ourselves we are in business. This is not some emotional, fine
4: arty, fartsy thing that we're doing. And- <laughs> just, this is what I get every day, just so we're aware. It's very tough love. Environment and clear brand strategy. Karen, let me be clear. <laughs> when it's not always going to be perfect, what ultimately
3: are we fulfilling what the client needs? And are we getting a paycheck from it? Why do creatives have to feel fluffy and warm and fuzzy? I'm curious about that.
2: Like, why do we need to feel that way? Is that an episode we're talking about? Or are we answering that question yeah, now?
3: I think, no, I think that's going to be our next episode. Why do yeah, we that have would be to? A good,
2: that would be a good one.
3: Yeah. Why do we, why as creatives do we think we need confirmation all the time? Don't get me wrong. We all need every employee, whether they're creative or not, but creatives tend to need more. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, we want affirmation.
2: Driving. We want affirmation that the job yeah, we did that you like. And, but but the
3: there's a difference between affirmation of we fulfilled the job. You might not have loved the design they picked. But
4: did it fill their needs?
2: Yeah. Let's get into this because I think there's a nuance to it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like one thing I figured out today is just one, there's a, a million different types of collaboration, whether it's internal, external, bringing in new partners, researching people, bringing in people you've never worked with before. There's ongoing partnerships and vendors that you trust. Collaboration can just mean so many different things in the business space. But when you know it, like you feel it when you feel it and something just clicks and you vibe and you make some cool stuff. Like there's no, I think that's why it hurts so bad when it doesn't work because it feels so good when it does. Honestly, you feel it, it is. It's like a high. You get excited. Sounds like about a it. And then I want
0: to it. do it again. Hey, I'm from the South. So. There's this is the way I've thought about it over the years. And I, I agree that when I think I'm clicking and things are the ideas are coming out, but they don't like anything, but they can't really explain to me what they want or where they want to go or why it's not working. And I feel a disconnect there. It always makes me bummed out for a few days after the fact when things come to an end. But as long as I know I delivered ideas that could definitely work, whether or not they liked them or not, I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is if I deliver something that I don't think is as strong as it could be, but for whatever reason, they love it and they're going to use it, that's great. I still feel more of a failure in that regard.
3: Then why do you deliver it?
0: it's because that's what they wanted, and they like it, but I don't think it's half as good as like another direction or whatever.
3: My friend, Laura Hoskins, her philosophy about, you know, delivering design is give them what they want, and then give them what you think they need.
0: I think that's a good approach. I try to do that, but but what
3: they want know. might not
0: be your favorite. Uh, not necessarily a favorite. Just they've provided me all the information I needed. I, I don't know. It's I'm okay if I feel like I, I delivered to the level that I expect of myself. And even if they don't like anything, I'm okay with that. But I don't like it when they decide to go in a direction or they change something that's really not needed but they changed it and now they like it and they're satisfied with it and they think I provided what they wanted but I still feel like a failure that's the part that it's head games it's like right the internal conversation I have with myself when it comes to design and it's those are the things where I'm like going this could have been so much better but it's like they didn't, they're not want okay to dig around
4: that. in their brain so bad. Like, Vaughn's brain is fascinating to me. I would <laughs> love to just claw around in there. I know, I, I think there's so much well. more
3: we can talk about. Let's talk about a lot of this in uh, future episodes, because we could, as we all know, go on forever. Yeah. Justin, what was your takeaway?
2: Oh man, there's some good stuff in here. I think what I was reminded of today might my- My takeaway was just how energizing and wonderfully positive collaborating with the right um, people are. It's just such a gift, a wonderful part of our business. So that inspired me to uh, do more.
0: Vaughn, how about you? If it wasn't for collaboration, I wouldn't get half the work I do. Working with other people is why I enjoy my job. Yeah. That's great.
4: And you guys are taking all the good answers. (laughs) I promised myself I wouldn't just be like what they said. But honestly, it, it is. It's why we do what we do. And I love people. I'm a people person. And it's any chance I can have to try to bring in another ideator or another creative. That gets me really excited. One, because I feel like it's not only helping me, but it helps them too. We can do stuff together and continue to help each other like grow and and change, you know, our business and help the client. And for me, it's about the fact that
3: collaboration is a process and you want to find the right people, but you also have to learn to work together, respect each other, trust each other and, and build an ongoing relationship. So it's not just a one timer.
4: So. That's what now, I, I want to make about, some but... shit with you guys. Like, that's
3: yeah. all I keep thinking about
2: is how do we Let's make do some that.
4: shit?
2: <laughs> yeah. We're doing that right now with the podcast, but now we can make other stuff.
3: I know. It, I am loving this, you guys. Okay, till and next that, time.
2: Till the next time. And you
4: know,
3: Vaughn, bon, we love you. Thank
2: you. you.